0: Welcome, we're all so happy to have you join us for Susan Harmon Experience, She, formerly known as the Susan Harmon Hour. So today we have a return guest, somebody I have really enjoyed uh, talking to and learning about and listening to all the great stuff he is doing in this world. And I thought that it was absolutely appropriate for us to um, get together again and I can Share with our audience all the amazing things that he is uh, doing that make the world a better place in which to live. Um, those are the kind of people I'm really attracted to. Uh, not the self aggrandizing, look at me, look at me, I'm a show off, but people that, uh, you know, put the effort out, put the energy out, uh, take a risk. Uh, go ahead and do a documentary that who knows if anyone's going to pay any attention to it after you've done it or not, but you do it anyway because the subject matter is so important to you, so strong, and you're passionate about these things. And uh, very frankly, Don Vasacek is uh, that kind of a person I find. Welcome. How are you?
1: Just fine. Hi, Susan.
0: You were on the show, what was it, about a year ago? Or
1: Gosh. Uh, that I sounds remember. about right.
0: Yeah, uh, um, a mutual friend of ours introduced us, and you did a documentary massacre uh, at at uh, Sand Creek, and it uh, it really touched me. And I'm blanking now on the general's name that was involved in that. It um, was Chivington. Chivington. Yes, yes. What a what a nasty human being that was, huh? Well, uh,
1: for all purposes, uh, it appears that it appears that way. However, uh, before the Sand Creek Massacre uh, where he sort of got his start, he was a, he was a Parsons in a mm-hmm. town in Kansas and uh, he was against slavery. And he gave a sermon one Sunday and, uh, about that and uh, they were talking in the town. They were going to tar and feather him and run him out of town. So the next Sunday at the sermon, He showed two uh, handguns and he challenged anybody to grab him and run him out of town. And from (laughs) that point forward, he was called the, uh, uh, he was called the, uh, oh, shoot, the name doesn't come to me, but. You'll remember
0: it. It'll come to you. The shoot him up or preacher. I don't know.
1: (laughs) Close to that. But anyway, the, the whole thing in a nutshell is, he completely turned, uh, when, when he went to Sand Creek, He uh, before Sand Creek, he, he had a deep hatred for the Indian people, which was uh, sort of weird because he was against slavery.
0: Yeah, but different groups of people and different motivations uh, uh, define us, don't they? I mean, they... Uh... You, you may be perfectly fine with one, one group and not so fine with another group for any number of a variety of reasons, right?
1: Yeah, I agree with that, but I think uh, based on my life experience, and I can only speak for myself, uh, I've, I've got a real, uh, how can I say this? I'm not really happy about what, the way minority people are treated, and mm-hmm. that, that includes women, Female. Thank you. uh, You're welcome. I'm. I'm not very happy at all, uh, because I my my philosophy is this: is that we are all human beings, which then makes us equal. And if we want to attach a culture or race to that, that changes everything. Or somebody's wealthy and somebody isn't, that changes it. But we're still all humans. That's right. You know, we need to show show our respect to each other because of that reason.
0: Yeah. And, uh, you know, something I've given a lot of thought to lately, um, you know, I have this, this thing about what kind of a species sends its young out to kill each other.
1: <laughs> so,
0: yeah. And so, and so why is that? Because my belief, Now, this is my belief. I don't have, it's not factually based. So, this is is where a lot of people these days get confused between what a fact is and what their belief is. Okay, so there's there's a difference between those two things. Uh, I I like facts, but I also have beliefs. And my belief is that our natural state is one of peace. Uh, If it wasn't one of peace, we would feel good, not awful about awful things. Um, you get a lot of young people, men and women now both, but initially men who, you know, have this, I'm going to go and fight for my country. I'm, you know, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to get the enemy. And because I'm tribal and this is who I am. And do you know what I mean? And we have to protect ourselves from them, the us and them thing. And then when they actually do get out there and see what it actually, what it actually means. And what the destruction is and what the destruction to the soul is. It doesn't feel good, so it can't be the natural state.
1: I was, uh, I was listening to NPR this morning and they told a story about a six-year-old boy who lived in Syria. And he was injured uh, by U.S. bombing. And he lost his leg and he lost part of his stomach to it, but he survived. Mm-hmm. And what crossed my mind at that time when I heard that story was a, a wave of sadness spread over me, and mm-hmm. I thought, "How sad that is that human beings are ignorant enough that we have to have war, that we have to kill each other, mm-hmm. and 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 kids, kids pay the ultimate price for that."
0: Well, because that stays with you, um, you know, not. I, I feel myself to have been very fortunate in my life for having had so many experiences that I've had. I, I lived in Arkansas when they desegregated Central High, and, um, you know, I saw uh, things. They tried to blow up our car at one point in time, and this is, you know, because blacks and whites were in the same car, and uh, the, the why are you so angry? Because we can get along, you know? Um but that's, you know, the daytime thing. There there wasn't as much racism after dark. Oh. <laughs> you know what I mean?
1: Well, uh, yeah, I think I do. <laughs> right. Yeah. But I wasn't, uh, maybe I'm wrong about this, but wasn't Trayvon Martin shot when it was dark? Or am I wrong on that?
0: uh you're you're correct it was either towards sundown or dark he was coming back from the store and and the man was uh following him uh you know he had just gone to buy some candy or ice cream bar or some some kind of snacks yeah uh and um uh yeah uh i i had an instagram picture at one time and we're probably getting a little a little far afield here but you're snowed in right now aren't you well
1: no it actually not snowed in it just We've had quite a bit of snow and real cold temperatures, but we're able to move around. Everything's okay.
0: Okay, good. Well, that that's good. Um, but he, I, I had this picture on Instagram. If these two, it showed a picture of of the two of them with their skin colors, and then it showed an altered photograph, the exact same photograph, altered, where Trayvon looked w- with white skin, and uh, uh, what's his name that shot him? I'm blanking on his name. Zimmerman, yeah. With Zimmerman with d- dark skin, if these two looked like these two, what would the results be? What would the difference be?
1: <laughs> yeah, that's 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 very profound in one sense of the word. Mm-hmm. But, um, I think I, I'm uh, probably pretty strong on this, and that's uh, based on my experience primarily with doing Sand Creek Massacre film, in the interactions I had with the Indian people, which was really uh, challenging at times, is that uh, this, this concept of hate, mm-hmm. hate, based on my experience, is based on ignorance.
0: Exactly, exactly. If you know someone, this is what I tried to talk to a friend of mine, a neighbor here, who's like, well, don't you think we need a strong military? I said, no. Actually, uh, constitutionally, we were never supposed to have a standing army. We were supposed to have a militia uh, that was called up when needed. Uh, but we de- started developing a a standing army. Um, I think just right around the time of World War II. I know my father was regular army. What they called regular army. He wasn't drafted. He you know wasn't called up. He he was in the army. Which was different. And it was around that time, I think we started having a standing army. It might have been earlier because I'm not positive because I wasn't born at the time that they developed standing armies. But this uh, story, and we talked about it before, you know, uh, this in Arapahoe County, uh, the the whole Sand Creek massacre and and what happened and so forth. But what, what has fascinated me since then is you have been able to take this. Into how many schools? I mean, like a 60, 70 schools, something like this.
1: Uh, well, uh, actually, right now it's on the cusp of being put into sixty-seven schools. Right. Uh, but aside from that, uh, it's been in a lot of schools. I don't know how many. Quite. Mm-hmm. A, and that that ranges from elementary, you know, all the way through college college well, universities elementary i went to a fourth grade class a 10 year old boy sent me an email and invited me to come show the film mm-hmm. at his school elementary school mm-hmm. and so i did and crowded into this one classroom where parents faculty and students 74 and we showed the film and that there's parts in the film that I turned the sound off because of what was being described and uh, at the mass what happened during the massacre mm-hmm. and, and then uh, anyway at the end of the film I opened things up for questions and the first question came from a, a little girl and she asked me this is very profound to me she said why do people hate indians a little fourth you know fourth grade girl uh 10 year old
0: mm-hmm.
1: asking that question. And the school was, is, is in a middle class, to upper middle class neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So, uh,
0: you know, um, I think what happens, uh, the people don't realize this unconscious thing. We know when we, we, when we created this mythology about coming into an empty land that nobody owned, do you know <laughs> the 70 million people who were, uh, you know, murdered with the European invasion. Uh, that's there in our unconscious. We know it. We just don't want to, to we, the guilt, guilt, can, guilt's really a rough thing because uh, unless you recognize it, unless you acknowledge it and you do something to shift it and change it, you know, it just festers and becomes pus in your soul.
1: Uh, it's very, uh, very uh, riveting uh, description.
0: I yeah. should re- re- I should remember that. it did sound good, didn't it? <laughs> it's Wow. yeah, but it does. That's exactly what happens. And so if we wish to evolve as a species and say, wait a minute, my ancestors did this, this, and this. Now, I met a man who was uh, descended from Sherman, and my family, had their land burned and all by Sherman's march through Atlanta. You know, Sherman uh, left a standing order, do not leave a virgin in the city of Atlanta. So there's that deep feeling. And he and I met together at the Gem and Mineral Show in Tucson years ago. And we embraced and forgave each other. It was, it was really very profound. It sounds silly in some ways to some people. But for us, it was uh, uh, typical. And then years later, I was looking at, uh, I I had as my guest, the first uh, King County uh, Democrat head that was a person of color and who didn't live in Seattle. And we just had this thing about um, uh, forgiveness. And uh, I had said, well, you know, I had ancestors that were slave owners, but that has nothing to do with me. I don't want to own anybody. I'm not that. And I realized I was still genetically carrying that energy and so I said to this man I said I'm going to do something here and you can react to it however you feel you want to I'm not going to tell you what it is but you just need an honest I just need an honest reaction from you and I said to him uh, please forgive me for the crimes of my ancestors and he forgave me and it was a huge thing because for years I was always like, well, it has nothing to do with me. I didn't do this. This came before me. And I realized if I could recognize what I was carrying within me, acknowledge it, ask for forgiveness for myself and for my ancestors, it would create something huge. Does that make sense?
1: Absolutely makes sense. It's, as I was listening, I was thinking in terms of what is going on. Today in our country, with with respect to uh, the turmoil between the different uh, parties, uh, as far as politically speaking, and the hate that's generated from that, and a healing potion would be to forgive those you you very probably violently disagree with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To to get like get together and work it out.
0: Yeah, and, and today I was uh I was driving back from uh my mind has been uh on vacation. <laughs> <We're> good. <laughs> the last couple of days. It's, I don't know, it isn't around anywhere that I can find, but you know, it's got to be someplace. Um, And yesterday I had a friend come over and and, uh, uh, we were gonna go and check. He wanted to buy some tarot cards. I said, oh, let's go to the store. We get up and we leave and we go to buy, and the store's closed, which was really heaven sent for us because we came back sooner than we would have had it been open. And I had left, I never have done this. I had left my kettle on the stove to make iced tea and left the kettle uh, on the stove. I got back. And uh, there was no water. The handle was, I I hadn't set the house on fire.
1: (laughs) Oh, that's scary.
0: Uh, Yeah. So today I went and bought a kettle for $7, uh, which was nice. But uh, I'm like, well, that was, thank God that that store was closed or I, you know, might have come home to a house fire. Yeah. But today I was thinking about that I was driving and I was thinking the same thing that we just started with a little bit ago about, um, you know, sending our young out to kill each other. And I was thinking about a, a very dear friend of mine and, and her husband who lost both of his hands in Fallujah. And I was thinking about how he's been drug out. To, you know, be this example and be this, you know, horse and pony show and and all because uh, he's considered a a success in many ways, but his prosthetics all need reworking, they're not working right, and, uh, you know... um, and I'm speaking out of turn, I'm not going to mention any names or anything, but he uh, he talked about when he had to have this other surgery and couldn't use his prosthetics, that it was like losing his hands all over again. And, and people don't recognize, uh, you know, t- uh, 20-some-odd veterans commit suicide every day. Uh, it's it's hard to live with this. And when people use these empty words, uh, thank you for your service, I just want to, Poom, you know, because it's like... You don't even know what you're saying. You're just saying empty words. They, there's nothing to them. They they mean nothing. It's just a, a thing that, that you've been told to say, and you ha- and there's no depth to it whatsoever. Um, I am going to be doing a show here uh, fairly soon with a uh, with a, a, a female veteran who uh, went in came in uh, enlisted uh, in the 80s after they had gotten rid of the wax and had merged uh, male and female uh, soldiers and uh, what she was put through, and the things that were done to her and to the other women. Uh, I asked a, a guy the other day, did, did he know what the double whammy was? And he said, no. I said, well, you know, vet, um, vet, veterans go through a lot. There's a lot of post-traumatic stress. But for women, it doubles, because when you're raped by your fellow soldiers, you know the people that you're supposed to be fighting with, and your uh, senior officers will do nothing about it, and you're going to get your career ruined. You know, and and all of this, it's called the double whammy. So, you know, equality is a really good concept, but we actually we actually have to make it happen, right?
1: <laughs> all right. Well, I think uh, I'm sure you agree with this that uh, women women are. Uh, Getting some hold on this with the Me Too movement and with pushing back, and uh, uh, I think uh, especially American white males are paying more attention to how they are in in a female company. It's they they need to be made aware. Males need to be made aware of how women think, how they feel. It's like, it's like, uh, I've often thought, I heard, I I watched an interview somewhere, a black man said that being black is difficult because, especially male, because every time I go out of the house, I'm careful about even how I hold my arms. Oh, nobody will think I have a gun. With women, just because they're women, they have to be very careful. They have, they have to, Utilize. I I can't talk about how women think. I'm not a woman.
0: <laughs> I can. <laughs> okay?
1: but you have to be on guard, right? To a
0: certain degree. To a certain degree, you know, there's things that you don't think about. Like a friend of mine says uh, that was black. He said he he the idea of being out in the country scared him. Uh, and but women, I, I don't even do it consciously. I always have my keys out, ready to put them in in my car before in, way before I get there. And I don't even think about it, but it's something that you do. You don't want to be messing around and and having to wait to get into your car if you're by yourself. Don't even think about it. It's just a natural part of what of what I do. Uh, you know, when they say, Oh, it's the way a woman's dressed. Well, no, um, because it has nothing to do with the way you dress. And it has nothing to do with sexuality. It has it's using sex as a weapon. That's And right. huh? It's a power move. It's a power move. It definitely is. But there are many kinds of power moves. They happen all the time. You know, humiliation is a huge power move. Uh, You know, when we had the, um, what's his name? Uh, Kavanaugh hearings. And when uh, uh, Dr. Uh, God, what's her name? Um, Anyway, when she got up to speak. and and, I'm sorry. Grayson. No, no. No. I, I, anyway, she had been sexually assaulted by Kavanaugh and his friend, and I honestly think he probably doesn't even remember uh, this incident because it wasn't important to him. Uh, it 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 meant nothing, but to her, she said, what do you remember? I remember them laughing, and uh, if you've never been uh, assaulted, you've never been sexually assaulted, you've never had that experience, it's hard to understand why would them laughing bother you, because... They're humiliating you. You're insignificant. You don't matter. It's a big joke. And that is a that's a very difficult thing to to deal with. But, you know, it's interesting that you mentioned that the black man says, uh, well, I have to be careful. I do this or that. But Shirley Chisholm said, "Do you, you remember who Shirley Chisholm was? Brilliant yes. woman. Right. She said she had more issues of the, of the way she was treated as a woman than as a black
1: person. Oh, really? I didn't know that.
0: that's what she said many, many years ago. Uh, She said because the the way she was treated as a woman was twice as bad as the way she was treated as a a black person. So uh, that was an issue. But being a black woman then creates its own set of issues. So when you're a minority and you're a minority woman, I mean, I've seen Native women uh, mistreated on the streets of uh, Seattle by the police department. And overall, I think Seattle has a really good police department. You know, overall, and that you turn around, and you see this because they're insignificant. Uh, I don't believe that, but I'm just saying that's what you know. That's that's the the reason that uh, that happens that way. And I want to go into a little bit more about the reaction of the school children to this and how. What you're doing is impacting on people's view of racism and different culture, the cultural cultural biases that we have, that we're even so unaware that we have a cultural bias. Uh, you know, when we moved down here to Arizona, my daughter said, Mom, you know that white privilege we've heard so much about? We didn't have a lot of it in Seattle, by the way. But anyway, people think that. But she said, you know that white privilege we've heard so much about? I said, yeah. She says, we found it, you know. And we both started laughing because these people here have no idea that they have privilege. They don't even know that that they're privileged because they're white, because they're accustomed to it. It's what they're used to. That's their normal. So they don't see it as privilege because it's just the way life is. So when we get back from break, I want to talk more about how you feel about that. And I also want to talk to you about something that really struck me was this book you've written called The Eyes of Death. I, I'm very fascinated by this, and I want to—I want you to tell our audience more about that. So oh,
1: okay. Sounds would,
0: good. Th- thank you. I would really appreciate you sharing that with us. But until then, we're going to be taking a short break here. You're listening to Susan Harmon Experience, she and Alternative Talk Radio, 1150 AM, KKNW. Stay tuned for more... Fascinating pattern with Susan and Don. Walter Pollen, author of the book Evolution of the Spirit and the
1: freeware astrology program, Astrolog, offers an amazing tool specially designed for the spiritual seeker. The Labyrinth Oracle is an easy to use divination card deck to help guide one through the twists and turns. Of the Maze of Life, this deck comes with 109 unique cards with detailed interpretations for each card. Purchase options include a sparkly lined drawstring bag and a wood box to
0: store your deck. The Labyrinth Oracle was created by a brother and sister team. Walter designed the system, and his sister Kathy brought the cards to life with colorful illustrations. To get your copy, visit astrolog.org slash
1: oracle.htm. On Friday, Manson Mitchell welcomed PR pro Steve Allen to talk about public relations and the fine art of promoting yourself. On Saturday, Lauren Archer returns with fresh insights and some evergreen advice for de-hypnotizing yourself from false beliefs. Bringing you fascinating talk one hour at a time since 2007.
0: We are Manson Mitchell, Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 on Alternative Talk, AM 1150.
1: Conversation you won't find on the rest of the dial. Alternative Talk 1150.
0: Welcome back to Susan Harmon Experience. She, formerly known as the Susan Harmon Hour. I'm here with my guest today. Uh, don Vesh- now see i knew i would do it yeah. <laughs> vas don vaschet who has done an incredible documentary uh massacre at sand creek and he's ta- brought that into schools to talk with the children uh, and adults and you know the staff and parents who are interested uh, about racism about learning about other cultures and and why we why we feel the way we do and and i kind of very arrogantly said oh yeah i know one of the reasons is there's this unconscious thing of knowing that we did the wrong thing, but it's not quite that. It's not just that one thing. There's a multitude, there's layers and levels of things. And and I want you to address that a little bit, Don, on, on what it is that you think can, is a base cost. You said the 10 year old girl, fourth grader asked you, why do people hate Indians?
1: Yeah. Well, I don't know. Uh, well, what struck and- me there, my answer to her was very basic because it is basic and, that is, I said, uh, it's because uh, of uh, a lack of knowledge of understanding the Indian culture or America's indigenous people uh, and their culture. culture
0: cultures, is, plural, many cultures.
1: Cultures, yeah, right. And, you know, that's a good point because each tribe has their own culture. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's even inner... How can I say this? There's I want to say fighting, but that's not the right word, but no,
0: it is it is the right word. I, there's
1: there's tribes you know, don't get along with each other.
0: Absolutely Our not. Team. They're they're tra- tra- traditional enemies. Yeah. And, I, and yeah, so it isn't one group of people. And it's interesting because we just used the I just used the phrase, why the little girl said, Why do people hate Indians? You see, people means me, because most cultures say, call themselves the people. You know, we're the people. And those other people over there are not the people. So why do people hate Indians? And Indians, so, so that's an also a term, are we Native Americans? Are we in, indigenous? Are we, do you know what I mean? Yes. What What are the... What are the politically correct terms? How does it say, if I say something with love in my heart, is it a bad word to use? I mean, am I black? Am I African-American? You know, am I Hispanic? Am I, you know, uh, what words do I use? Latino, Hispanic, you know, chola. I don't, you know what I mean? There's so many words. And we get very hung up on um, these things Instead of getting down underneath it, who am I at my core?
1: You mean uh, just looking at yourself personally rather than looking inside instead of outside?
0: Correct. Yeah. And if I can relate to you, because a friend of mine said to uh, another friend of hers said, well, wh- when has a white person ever helped you? And so I said, well, I can say back to him, when has a black person ever helped me? And then I could say, the answer to that question is many times because my relationships with people aren't based on what they are on the outside. They're based on what they are on the inside.
1: Well, they, yeah, as far as looking, looking at someone, uh, if they don't help me, I don't care about them. I don't want to have anything to do with them. Right. That I, I don't, I can't relate to that at all. I don't look, look to anybody to help me with anything. Mm -hmm. It's again, you have to, you have to turn inside and look at yourself inside of yourself, and 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 understand who you are. Uh, the little girl, the reason she used the term "people," in my opinion, was uh, she hadn't lived enough of life to understand that people aren't people are people, but they have different cultures, they have different attitudes. Right. She's ten years old. Values. Yeah. And uh, so it's like I don't know who who came up with this, but many 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 years ago, someone uh, I you know defined uh, the United States as a melting pot. Mm-hmm. Well, it still is, and and what what that means, one oh one definition is there's a there's a whole bunch of different kinds of cultures, races, of people. Who are living in the same country trying to blend in into all in Americans to to make our country even better than it is, it, although in my opinion, it's going downhill with what's going on now, but politically, but um
0: well, we're gonna change that. It's already happening. Well, I think uh I with the new I, Congress. With the new Congress, it's starting oh, it's, to change.
1: Right. I, I think um uh, you know, our democracy is at, at stake. It's on the line, right? Yep. And,
0: well, yeah. we have, we, we've been a fascist nation for quite a while now anyway, so we just don't want to admit it, but but we have been. I mean, when we talk about centrist policies and saying that everything is to the left, like college for all, Medicare for all, you know, all these things, eighty anywhere from 78 to 85 percent of Americans want that. That's a centrist policy then. That's what the majority of people want. So if you're to the right of that, you aren't a centrist. So you've gone so far to the right that anything that the majority of people want, which would be your central position, right? If the majority of the people in the country want a particular thing, that's not left or right. That's in the middle. That's the majority of us. It's not out on the edges. So if we're calling that to the left, there's something very, very wrong with our with our perception of what's the center. <laughs>
1: it's two extremes. It's like, uh, uh, you know, Howard Schultz, the Starbucks uh, guy oh, yeah. who, uh, you know, he's talking about- Privilege. Cent- he's talking about centrist policy, but- But, uh, but it's what- not
0: centrist. It isn't. Oh, it it's isn't. It's not centrist at all. Because again, like I said, If The majority of the country wants it. It's not far left. It's in the middle because that's what most people want. Your edges go further out than your big, giant middle. 80% want something. So that means 10% on the left and 10% on the right don't, okay?
1: Yeah.
0: So the majority is the center, and that's what we want in our country. But we're not talking about that. For one thing, mainstream media is controlled by big corporations, the pharmaceutical companies, the petroleum industry. They survive because those are the people that buy advertising. And that's they're not going to say anything against those people that are are supporting them. And that's why things are warped. And this is how... Donald Trump can get away with saying fake news because we know that they don't tell the true story all the time. So people know that. And when he says that, just because he doesn't like them saying things about him, he doesn't like, you know, like yeah. just because they say something you don't like doesn't mean it's fake news. You know, so if they put themselves in a very bad position, however, the Constitution says that we are to have a free press, whether we like it or not. But. The very definition of fascism is corporations and government combined. And we have had that for quite some time.
1: So well, the, uh, we're
0: still laboring under this illusion that we're a democracy when we're not.
1: The, uh, there's there's a push, and I know a lot of people are unaware of this, a lot of Americans. The Koch brothers are behind a lot of it, and that's this autocrat, autocratic oligarchy.
0: That's yeah. right. Well, that's been going on for quite a while.
1: Yeah, but it's it's really gained momentum.
0: But it's losing momentum now. Hopefully it's losing so. When you look at the younger, anyway, we're getting way off the subject. But still, I can't yeah. still help myself. I can't help myself. Things um, <laughs> things things I believe things are changing in a positive way. I know people don't want to hear that, but when you when you when you have a Megan McCain, who has criticized Alexandria, a. a, a
1: Ocasio-Cortez.
0: Ocasio-Cortez has said this, and then she praises her, you know, because she's speaking She's speaking the truth. When people stand up and speak the truth and aren't worried about, am I going to get reelected, blah, blah, blah. She's like, no, I'm just going to say it like it is. This is what I believe. Why do you think young people love Bernie Sanders so much? It's not old people. It's young people that love him because he has stood for the same things his entire life. And he has stood up and been counted time and time again. You can smear him all you want, but the truth is, you know, what is it? The proof is in the pudding. This is how he's lived his life. And uh, that's what people are seeing. They're saying, well, wait a minute. Where are you criticizing somebody who's done all of these things? This is how he's lived. This isn't talk to him. This is authenticity. And that's what people crave. They want authenticity. They want what's real. They don't want you to say what you think I want to hear because you want to keep your job. They want to know that you've thought this all along. You didn't just change to that because it's become popular. Anyway, I've got a soapbox under this arm and a soapbox under this arm. And I just set them down and step up on them and just go for it.
1: (laughs) Good for you. (laughs) We need more people like you.
0: <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. I have music to my ears. Speaking <laughs> of which, music to my ears, I want to change the subject just a tad, if we can, because I just, um, I was fascinated by this book you wrote, The Eyes of Death. Can you tell the audience just a brief little bit about what this is? Because I know we're talking about psychic ability here.
1: That's exactly it. And it's uh, it's a story about a teen girl who, uh sustains a head injury in an accident and it changes her from uh, the most popular girl in high school to someone who starts seeing that people are gonna die without warning and he tra- she tries to save their lives and she fails every time
0: mm.
1: so she's challenged her in- her sanity is being challenged uh, as opposed to accepting the fact that she can't change the natural course of events in life. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Basically, it. Well, you know what? One of the reasons that fascinated me—I grew up in a family where psychic ability was normal. Uh, we just remembered other lives. Well, well <laughs> yeah, isn't it? I remember my mother when, when, when uh, Shirley MacLaine's book came out. My mom goes, "Doesn't everybody remember other lives?" <laughs> <You know? laughs> I mean, well, in our family, that was normal, and uh, you know, you call my my mom. I'd be off at college. My mom would call and say, "What's wrong?" I'm like, "Oh, mom," yeah. Yeah. Or you know, we need one more bracket for something, and you look down on the floor, and there it would be. You know, I mean, just it wasn't there before. You know, so so that's all very normal kind of stuff to me. Well, my sister had something that happened with her that was very uncomfortable for her, and that's why your book. I'm bringing this up because of your book. When someone was going to die in the very near future and she had just met them, they would glow green to her. She'd look at them and they'd be glowing green. So if you just meet someone and they're glowing green and you know that that is a message coming to you that they're going to die, that is a very uncomfortable position to be in.
1: Well, that's uh, based on the book, The Eyes of Death. The girl uh, develops an ability to... Read people's auras, mm-hmm. and the colors of the auras tell her if they're going to live or die.
0: But I th- but you never knew my sister, and you never knew this story. Yeah. <laughs> you wrote this book, and so do you know what I mean? The synchronicity, the way things come yeah. together—how fascinating is that?
1: That that's fascinating. That's very interesting. It's you know we're we ha- we're linked to all of us are linked together. Via yes. collective consciousness.
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: And even uh, even the bad guys, of they're course. part of us, and we're part of them.
0: You know, every one of us has a saint inside of us, and a rapist inside of us, and a and a and a, a goddess inside of us, and and a sneak thief inside of us. I mean, we have all of these aspects. We just have to choose what we're doing. And do you do you remember? Um, uh, it's one of my favorite, the dark Crystal, uh, Jim Henson. It yes. was the, the last thing that he made, you know, and the and the 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 wizards were coming from out in the desert and they you know, going to join the what were the dark people in the castle? and they want an essence of golfing <laughs> so, I did that really well, right? <laughs> yes, you did. Oh. <laughs> well, one one of my favorite things at at Halloween, you know, is hello, little children. <laughs> You know, yeah. the poor little kids run. You know, <laughs> but but I'm like, no, wait, come back. I have candy. <laughs> so anyway, um, yeah. So it uh, you know to me, we have these for our true nature to be our dark side and our light side to have to melt to meld together, have to meld together, be whole and complete. Because if you always reject. Those parts of you that you don't think are good, you can't embrace them and cure them and and be and 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 the good side, I mean, you, you know what's good and what's bad? I have friends who are vegan. I love them dearly. I'm not. But I have one friend in particular, he's such a fine young man. I just absolutely adore him. He's a loving, kind person. But he's basically made a religion out of food. You know what I mean? He's a true believer. And I'm like, look, I can't eat prepared vegan food because it's got anywhere from 25 to 40% sodium in it.
1: Wow. You
0: know? So you're talking a quarter to almost a half of the product. Now, we know that salt is a preservative, so it's a natural preservative, right? It's one of the reasons. And it also makes everything taste really good. Salt and sugar, both of these very addictive. So, you know, take a look. You know what? Just because it says it's vegan may not necessarily be good for person A, and it might be perfectly fine for person B and indifferent to person C.
1: Well, don't you think uh, there are foods that don't have salt in them? That Uh, that do what with salt in them? Most foods that have salt in them are processed foods, and I, I my wife's a vegan, and she she doesn't eat processed foods, and. Uh, I don't, the food she eats, uh, you know, for example, tofu, I don't think it has salt
0: in it. Uh, but it does have GMOs in it if it's not uh, organic, because almost all soy uh, has, has GMOs. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that you have to really look out for, for instance, uh, I love sweet potatoes. I did not know that they ripened sweet potatoes with uh, Roundup
1: yeah really. So
0: unless you buy organic sweet potatoes, you're going to have your sweet potatoes drenched in roundup, which is a car has carcinogens in it.
1: that uh, that that you know we, we need to have an awareness with respect to organic foods.
0: Absolutely. And you need to, you know, there's so many things we have to pay attention to. We shouldn't have to pay attention. You know, food should just be food. But you go to the supermarket and you have aisle and aisle and aisle and aisle of non-food food.
1: <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> right. So,
0: but when you, I, I know when a friend of mine made uh, It's Not Tuna. Uh, in celery sticks, organic. I had not eaten organic celery sticks in years, and the difference in taste between <clears throat> commercial celery and the organic celery was like, oh, my goodness. Celery actually has a flavor.
1: <laughs> it's yeah, you know?
0: good point. Right. So I'm fascinated that you wrote this book, and it really is almost the story of my sister, And um, you would have no way of knowing that.
1: Well, um, you mean she went, the the girl in the story, you know, she goes through a transformation because all of a sudden she has psychic powers and she doesn't understand what they are. And so you're. uh,
0: My my sister rejected a lot of uh, of her psychic ability. And I think that that was part of the reason it was too difficult for her.
1: So how is she today with it?
0: Well, I don't know. I haven't talked to her recently. Um, you know, i'm not, I would like to know more. She's a beautiful human being. Um, she has. she was always a hypochondriac. I shouldn't be saying all this on the air <laughs> because probably get, well, she I't listen to my show anyway. Anyway, she's in Houston, but a bit of a hypochondriac, and she finally found something that she could that was legitimate that she could really latch on to and become ill. so um but she's, the most incredible poet i mean her writing is just delicious it's it's absolutely just scrumptious you know I, I, she can paint such a picture with words just absolutely amazing abilities and she was a marvelous actress and just uh, just so talented a wonderful voice you know singing just an extremely talented person you know you know they always talk about people that are wannabes in, in, in my family, we're we we're coulda beens and shoulda beens. You know? <laughs> I see. <laughs> so, that, but I I'm also I love what the way you're living, the way that your 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 passion for life and how it's how it's coming out with your writing, you know, and what you're doing. How if somebody wanted to get a copy of of uh, the eyes of death, how would they go about doing that?
1: Just uh, go to Amazon and. Type it in the search into the
0: perfect. Book. perfect. Yeah. Now, what if they wanted to um, to show if they're not in in Colorado where you are the Sand Creek Massacre? If they want that documentary, what say say uh, you know? muckle Muckleshoot, for instance in Washington you know or or the uh, uh, Apache here in Arizona or something wanted to show that because I know that that you have this in tribal libraries probably what about four dozen uh, tribal libraries yes. you right. know uh, I'd like to see you know how how does uh, how does the uh, you know if the Arapaho wanted to to you know put this in their in their thing how would they go about doing it or the comanche or whoever
1: well they can contact me uh there's a website i have that is called sandcreekmassacre.net okay dot net
0: that's the thing there, to remember. Uh,
1: they can contact me contact information is there uh if they want to outright purchase the film they need to go to films media group dot com and that's the largest educational video distributor in the world it distributes the film
0: that's fantastic you know i know you won best film in three film festivals what were the what were the film festivals that you won best film in
1: um the indie fest film festival in cleveland the american indian film festival in houston and the trail dance film festival in duncan oklahoma
0: In Duncan, my goodness,
1: Uh, you know, Chisholm Trail uh, is right went right through there.
0: The Chisholm Trail? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yes, it did. Uh, I was, I did a show. I broadcast my show from um, the Comanche Nation uh, uh, Fair uh, in in Lawton, uh, not this last September, but a year ago, September. So that would have been September, 2017 that I broadcast, uh, from there. And it was really amazing because I had, um, uh, the, uh, the elder of the elder council, so, you know, the president of the elder council, and I had the tribal historian on and the, uh, the chair of the the Comanche nation chair introduced the guests on my show. And uh, what was kind of cool, though, was Martin uh, Sensmeyer, who is uh, an Alaskan native, and he played a Comanche in, uh, uh, what's, oh, God, Yul Brenner did the first one of it. It's based on the Seven Samurai. Uh,
1: Magnificent Seven. The
0: Magnificent Seven. So this was the new Magnificent Seven uh, that came out. And he, he did a, pr- a surprise appearance on the show, which was, like, really, really cute, you know. So I said, God, you're so cute. I'm going to stalk you all weekend. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it, it, I had a good time. I, I have really old, old, I, I shouldn't say old friends. We've Decades, uh, our friendship has spanned decades uh, with uh, Comanche people.
1: That's a beautiful thing.
0: Yeah, it is. And uh, if I want to live in Oklahoma... They would probably build me a house because I'm an elder, you know, <laughs> but yeah. I don't want to live in Oklahoma.
1: <laughs> well, there's there's a lot of tornadoes there. I know that.
0: Well, there there are there's a lot of things. So what would you like to leave the audience? We've got a little bit of time left, but still, I'd like to uh, see what you would like to leave our audience with um, regarding uh, either your book or. Uh, talking about racism with the Sand Creek Massacre and, and how that can help uh, our young people and our, and some of the adults in the group to have a little different attitude about different cultures.
1: Well, I'd, I'd simply like to say with respect to young people and racism, mm-hmm. actually all people and racism, uh, I, you, you have to be who you are and you are uh, who you are by the way you're raised, the way you grow up, what your environment is, who your parents are, and you learn uh, through that. And if racism comes into your life one way or another, you need you need to work as hardly as hard as you can to look at it objectively. And if you feel yes. badly about somebody, you need to think that through. Why do I? How can I uh, solve this so I don't feel this way about that person or those people it, it's a uh, you internalize it and and look in inside of yourself to see why you feel the way you feel
0: mm-hmm.
1: might have some hate or bigotry or racism uh, we're, we're we're human beings we're all built to not necessarily like everybody and everything that's that's not that that can't be but right. we don't have i don't I really believe that we don't have to allow hate into our lives. We should really be very strong about hate and not allow ourselves to hate. I always told my kids when they were little tiny growing up, you know, kids, I hate this. I hate that. Mm, I hate spinach. and (laughs) Whatever else. I've always told them, you know, don't 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 use that word. Mm-hmm. say i dislike or i don't like but don't say i hate
0: right because then you diminish the power of the that that word itself has and then it's what is the word that we keep using on the news now we've normalized this we've normalized that uh, we don't want to normalize those kinds of feelings and those kinds of things and that way of thinking
1: that's a very very good and powerful point uh, normalizing it and mm-hmm. and assuming that well, you know, it's like everybody else feels the same way I do, so it's okay. Yeah, but it's not. It's not okay, and the one of the main reasons it's okay is because you are allowing yourself to feel that way. That's right. That's not okay.
0: No, and it's, you can learn. You can learn.
1: Absolutely, uh, especially with the internet and access to research, you can learn. Learn if you if you.
0: Hate somebody, look it up. Why? Yeah, why do you hate that person? What's the real reason? All right. Well, I have so much enjoyed having you on the show today. It's just been a really fast-moving hour. I mean, we covered a lot of territory. We just... We kind of went from pillar to post. I mean, (laughs) things we had no idea we were even going to talk about. But that's the way it works on uh, Susan Harmon Experience. Sometimes we talk about more than uh, we plan to. Well, that happens a lot. But thank you so much for joining me today, Don. I really appreciate that. I hope our audience will look up both uh, your documentary, A Massacre at Sand Creek, and uh, your book, The Eyes of Death, Uh, both very interesting topics And what I'd like to say before we leave to everybody in our audience, please, folks, remember that there is one thing that you can do that will make a difference in your life. And that, my friends, is to keep on dancing.